0: Hi, welcome to Dr. C This is Dr. Carol Kowalczyk from the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. And today um, I'm on my podcast with the amazing Alexa Karbowski, PA Extraordinaire in Fertility. And the topic came up about ovarian reserve. So yes. we're very excited to talk about this because I can't tell you how many times patients have come to me and said, God, I wish I would have known." that my reserve was like this, I would have tried to get pregnant earlier. So,
1: so what message, like what is ovarian reserve, Alexa? So ovarian reserve is, you know, how we evaluate kind of where you stand reproductively in terms of your egg supply. And we have some really great tools in terms of ultrasound and blood tests to give you an idea of where you stand in terms of how many eggs you have. Um, There is not a direct blood test for quality. However, we do have lots of information on quality and aging, which is also related to the amount as we get older. Um, But we can tell people very accurately about the reserve or how many eggs they have. Not in a, you have 20,000 eggs left exactly, but are you average? Are you above? Are you below for your age? And that's really useful information to people who are considering having a child, maybe in the very near future, maybe not anytime soon. And, you know, there are options if the levels are concerning or if someone's getting older to kind of, you know, prepare for the future if they desire. But the, the very first step is to do some basic tests that would tell you about the ovarian reserve. Um, and then that dictates what some of our options are. And Dr. K, do you want to talk about the test or sure?
0: But the other thing is the history. Like you, you made a very good point. Is that you know you want to get someone's history. So if they're if they have a high BMI, for example, that can impact uh, their their potential for uh, egg quality because the higher BMI or the very underweight patient, they may not have as good of quality as someone who's more of a normal weight. Do they have a history of Endometriosis, endometriosis can make the eggs older. Um, Is there other medical conditions that could affect egg quality? So getting a really good history of what a patient is currently experiencing, I think is very, very helpful. And then there are tests that you can do to assess ovarian reserve and fertility potential. So one of them is FSH, follicle stimulating hormone. This is usually done on cycle day three and you want that level to be less than 10. So less than 10 says that you've got young ovaries and your brain is talking normally to the ovary to get it to work. An FSH greater than 10 means that those ovaries are getting older. So instead of just talking to the ovary, the the brain shouting at the ovary like, hello, hello, do you hear me? You need to function. And the ovary's like, eh, maybe today, eh, maybe not. But an FSH higher than 10 means that That ovarian reserve, that ovary is starting to get older. How much older, we can't predict how long it'll be before that ovary doesn't respond to that hormone anymore. We don't know, but it gives us a little sign. AMH is anti-malarian hormone. And that is a a sign of how many eggs you have left to work with. Again, like Alexa said, they can't tell you it's 19,712, but it'll give us an idea of what's going on. And AMH should be greater than one that says you have a lot of eggs to work with. Less than one means that there's less eggs to work with than someone who's around your age or just even in general. And then we do an ultrasound. An ultrasound is looking for an antifollicle count. So those are little cysts on your ovaries called follicles. And you should have a certain amount of follicles per ovary. Um, And then the combination of your age, your AMH, FSH, and your ultrasound will help us to help you identify what your current fertility potential is. And with that information, you can then move forward with what decision you want to have with, you know, when you want to have your kids. So I know that there are, you know, fertility potential kits out there. Mm -hmm. Um, How accurate the mail-in thing is, I don't know. But I know I've had, I don't know about you, but I've had couples or or women. I'm so impressed with with the women who are coming to see us that are like, hey, you know what? I've heard about this. I want to get checked. I don't know what my fertility potential is, not ready to have a baby yet, but I'm going to to, to, to law school. I'm starting my own business. I haven't met Mr. and Ms. Amazing yet. Um, I'm very impressed with the the young women who are
1: coming in just to see. How about you? Yes, it, there it's definitely gotten a lot more popular in the past, I'd say year or two. And it's been really cool to see, you know, hopefully that's a sign that people are being a little bit more educated about, you know, their fertility potential and the decline that happens. Whereas, you know, as Dr. K was saying in the beginning, a lot of patients, just I didn't know if I knew I would have maybe gotten checked. So, you know, we order those tests on every patient that comes in the door, who's trying to get pregnant, but yes, certainly have a lot more patients that are just I'm you know, 33, 34. Everyone has that 35 number you know in the back of their mind. It's not that everything plummets to the ground. I tell patients, but the changes are happening a bit more quickly after that, and you know they're coming in just to be proactive of what is my reserve, and you know should I freeze some eggs for the future? Uh, should I be proactive? Maybe I won't need them, but certainly if I don't meet Mr. Right. In the next year or so, you know, I have that backup option. Or if they do and they try and they're having difficulty, then maybe they have some younger age eggs frozen for future use. So it's, def- and, and yeah, more people are using these kits. Again, I'm not exact, I usually update the testing, yeah. even if they come in with that, just to be sure. Um, but it's definitely getting a lot more popularity. Uh, also, patients, you know, family history, as you were talking about the history. Mm-hmm mom, grandma, someone who had maybe a little bit earlier menopause, you know, there is some genetic link there. So some of those patients are certainly being a bit more aware, I think of maybe I should get in, check and see where I'm at if they have that family history. And another
0: thing is how many times have I heard that, you know, when I talked to my doctor, and I was starting to get some hot flashes, it was starting to hurt when I had sex, because I was getting a little drier or my periods got lighter. Or they're more spaced out and they said oh you're stressed don't worry about it and then you turn around and now their hormones are such that they are going to need IVF right away or they're going to need an egg donor um but i you know the whole purpose of our podcast dr c and the d is that you know michigan center and everyone who works here is so passionate about educating people because you know what for t- uh, infertility affects one in eight couples 15 percent of the population has problems with getting pregnant. And guess what? Less than 10% seek help. And I can't tell you how many times I hear that I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known. And and people are, you know, women are amazing, right? I mean, we are looking 10, 20 years younger than our age. We're taking good care of ourselves. We're, We're rock climbing. We're jumping out of helicopters or airplanes. We're doing all these grand and glorious things. And we don't look our chronological age, and so we feel like the eggs are are with that beauty and and that that youngness that we are experiencing. But the sucky thing, the only sucky thing I can think about being a woman is that you have a finite time frame for your fertility. And so I am so passionate. and so Zlek said everyone at Michigan Center in educating, that's why we have, the radio show and the podcast and the facebook and the instagram and and the blogs and everything because we want people to A, be aware that that this this fertility potential is is limited and so to know what your current fertility potential is gives you the power gives you the ownership gives you the ability to know what to do with that information and and whether that information is hey you know what my ovarian reserve is good I'm not quite ready for a kid. Uh, Maybe I'll check it in three, four, six months to a year and keep an eye on it. Or, Hey, gee, I didn't expect my reserve to be lower than I expected. It's not menopausal. I'm not there, but Ooh, the numbers are looking kind of, Ooh, maybe I better freeze my eggs so that I've got a reserve or a backup like Alexa talked about, Uh, or wow, this is really not looking like I wanted it to and my husband and I, or my partner and I were planning on having kids five years from now, maybe we step that up to moving, getting going and and, and having a baby now, or at least creating embryos so that we have them for when we do want to have kids. So like, is there a criteria? Egg freezing. So can you give us a little idea, Alexa, about who's a great candidate? How many eggs do we need? You know, is there data out there? And I think that I think ASRM has
1: that. Yes. So egg freezing, you know, always starts with a new patient consult where, as we chatted about, we'll get the history to know if there's any, you know, risk factors or anything that may make you at a higher risk if you're having any symptoms or whatnot. And then the workup is similar. You know, we're going to get all those hormones, those tests. And from there, once we have all that information in conjunction with your age, you know, there are different guidelines. And the guidelines are generally age-based. Um, with the term in terms of how many eggs are recommended to freeze for a singleton live birth. So certainly the numbers are less if you're under 35, 35 to 37, 38 plus, they're really going to get up there, you know, so under 35, I think it's usually seven to 10 ish is a safe range. People sometimes question, why do I need 10 eggs for a baby? Um, Eggs don't equal embryos. So when we get the eggs, they are frozen, but they have to survive the thaw. They have to fertilize, right. produce a good embryo. Yeah, eggs
0: will not survive the thaw. So you have to have that
1: little extra. And that's where that number kind of comes from. And obviously that number increases and increases. One, because there's less eggs. Two, the quality. You know, some patients you'll get a 40-year-old whose ovaries may look 30, but the quality is still 40. Over 35, I think the 35 or seven, you may get more into the 10 to 12-ish mm-hmm. at least you know, when you're getting to 38, over 40, I mean, they'll get into over 20, 25 plus eggs, 40 to 50. Yeah. And, and that's because of that dramatic decline in quality, you know?
0: And, and, and yeah, you need, I think what they said that over 40 eggs, when you're over 40 years old, you would need that for a a 75% chance of
1: one baby. Yes. And that's one. So you always are, well, how many babies do you want in a perfect world? You know, if someone's like, I'm doing this for at least two babies, and I want to be very prepared for that. Um, it may require more than one cycle. So, you know, dependent on what they're starting with and how that stimulation goes, sometimes one round is adequate. Usually, more commonly in the younger patients. Um, but I've had patients. Yes, you don't know, have to go through multiple times. To it's always their decision. You know, some people say it's one and done, and we're completely comfortable with that. Whatever they decide, but we will educate them on this is the recommended number for what you're desiring potentially in the future. And and that could require more than one cycle, potentially depending on how it goes.
0: And the other thing to remember is this does not guarantee pregnancy. So people have to be very aware that even though they froze their eggs, right? That doesn't guarantee it's going to work. 30% will not survive the thaw. Then it depends on how old you are when you have the egg freezing, because there is genetic abnormalities associated with the age of the egg. So even an egg donor, someone under 30, 25 to 30% of her embryos are genetically abnormal. Someone who's 35, 50% of their embryos are abnormal. Someone who's 38 is 60 to 70%. Someone who's over 40, you've got you know, over 90% of the embryos are genetically abnormal. So that's why when we have someone who's 40, you know, 42, 45, 47 and wants to freeze their eggs, it's not recommended because... We're not going to get enough eggs, number one. And number two, you know, the chance of an abnormal baby coming from that is going to be very, very high. So, and 30% of those eggs will not survive the thaw. So you add all this math up and that's where you have to really educate yourself about, you know, how many kids you want and what the plan is. The other thing is that if you've got your partner already there, but you're not ready to have kids. Maybe don't freeze eggs, maybe create embryos because embryos are more sturdy. Less than 10% of embryos will not survive the thaw. And you can do genetic testing of the embryos to know ahead of time how many are really there. So that's something that you want to keep in mind. And remember that whenever the egg or embryo is frozen, that's the age of them. And that goes and correlates with the success of the cycle. So, say you're 33 and you froze eggs at 33, but you want to use them at 38 you're going to get a success quoted to you of a 33 year old, not a 38 year old. So I mean, those are all things to keep in mind. But you know, the bottom line is just, you know, taking ownership of your fertility. And if you're curious to see what your fertility potential is, there's definitely ways to do it. And based on the data, you know, Alexa, you and I can give recommendations as to what to do with those numbers.
1: Yes, and I think the take home point is education is key, you know, being educated about your fertility, the options, the potential, at the end of the day, it's your decision what you want to do with it. Um, but it's certainly very valuable information for people that are considering a family, you know, at any point, and if they're not quite ready, and know that there are options, you know, there are options to plan for the future if you desire. And you
0: know, it's our 20th
1: anniversary of Michigan
0: Center. And I got to tell you, in those 20 years, I am so impressed with the patients that we have and with the opportunity to egg freeze now, how women are coming in saying, look, I am so, they, they, they have it all together, man. I mean, they, they, they've got their career or their family or their 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 life choices and they're actively thinking about how fertility should fit in. So I just really, I think it's this podcast is really important so that other people who are hearing it the opportunity to say hey wait okay let me start
1: thinking about this so i know how to plan my family so anything else you want to add i think that's i mean i think we hit the key points obviously if you have any question, desire, workup, interest in that ovarian reserve, we're always happy to see people as a new patient, even if you're not actively trying to get pregnant right now, Mm -hmm. to get that basic info for to uh, educate yourself.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, thank you again for listening to this podcast. And again, I'm Dr. Carol Kowalczyk with Alexa Karbowski for Dr. C and the D. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you.